listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday the 14th of February 2022. Later we'll take a closer look at the direction of new and used car prices. We'll speak with the CEO of carsales.com. But first to Crown Resorts and its board has recommended an $8.9 billion takeover by private equity firm Blackstone. Now it's Blackstone's fourth attempt So what now for the business and the casino operator, the sector, and what about its major shareholder, James Packer? For more, I spoke earlier with James Kirby. He's the wealth editor at The Australian. James, firstly, at $13.10 per share, is this a good deal for shareholders? Yes, it's certainly a good deal for shareholders. You've got to remember, this company has been through the wars. It's been more or less the same price for a number of years. And the fair value estimated in the market is just a tad higher than this, but this is a cash offer, so pretty good. So given the regulatory issues, the public scrutiny over the past few years especially, what's the appeal of these assets for Blackstone? Well, the appeal of the assets for someone like Blackstone is, first of all, they're not the Packers, right? So they're clean in that respect as an international institutional group. They've got experience in running casinos in the US and really In many ways, the only way for a casino tourism group from here is up. Uh, As you mentioned, James Packer. Now, he's the biggest shareholder of the company. He's unlikely to block this deal, right? Oh, he's quite unlikely to block it. I think the signals are now that he's ready to go. I mean, you must remember this, this deal, this offer, apart from being old cash, it's been lifted four times. And it's now pretty much close to what anyone would think is fair value for a company that still has regulatory hurdles ahead of it, not to mention the actual specific hurdles around a takeover. So it seems likely that he will actually first uh, accept and probably relinquish the bulk of his stake as well. Okay, can we talk about James Packer in a bit more detail? Because this will end his long relationship with Crown. He's also out of Channel 9 some time ago. So he's winding down his relationship with publicly listed companies. What now for James Packer, do you think? You must remember Packer, one of the things was he put all, he basically bet everything on on gambling and the casino empire. Then it was a a global gamble. Then it reduced to a domestic-only empire, if you like, in gambling. And then that, in many ways, it it absolutely certainly deteriorated uh, under his watch and his ownership. So, but he has, first of all, uh, anyone in our economy with $3 billion ready to spend is going to have a lot of new friends. Uh, but someone like Packer is already active. Apparently, he is already in a, in a, in a initial in an investment company that involves Unisuper and may also involve Kerry Stokes. And you'll find that he will be back in action very soon with that amount of cash. It has to be invested. It will be invested, no doubt, in the areas he knows best, property uh, and, and possibly uh, casinos again, entirely likely. What do you think will be his lasting legacy? Oh, look, in some ways, it's a, in some ways, it's a sad story, what has happened with James Packer, uh, and think of the possibilities and opportunities that he was presented with at the start. I think, uh, uh, ironically, I think his legacy will be that he was probably the first major figure in Australian business to mention mental health as an issue and put it on the table. And that really had never been done by a central figure before. And even in the short sp- period of time since he did that, it's now uh, very much uh, acceptable and commonplace and probably a welcome development in that respect. 
James Kirby there, Wealth Editor at The Australian. Now, the Australian share market today did close stronger. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.4%, 7,243. That's despite growing geopolitical concerns. Crown shares closed below that $13.10 offer price from Blackstone at $12.60. For more, I spoke earlier with Adam Dawes. He is a senior investment advisor at Shore and Partners. Adam, first of all, the Crown takeover. What does it mean for the sector and for the future of James Packer? Well, certainly for the sector, it's, it's it's actually really, really good. Certainly Crown Resorts has agreed from their takeover proposal from their US investment firm Blackstone, which values the company around about $8.9 billion. And I think that's certainly one of those things. And certainly Star should do well on the back of that. We do know Packer is a a large shareholder of uh, Crown, and I think he's been a natural seller of this stock for a long time now. So I think this is one way for him to get out of it. And at $13.10, Blackstone has come back. I think it's been about a year now that Blackstone's been at Crown to take it over. And so they've put multiple bids in there. But at $13.10, I think it offers some really good investment as well as it's all cash. So I think that really provides some shareholders with some really good value going forward. International themes are playing out on the share market today. Safe havens doing well, the likes of um, oil, um, potentially gold as well. And that's on the back of concerns of Ukraine. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Investors are rushing to the gold mining stocks amid concerns that Russia could invade Ukraine. And look, certainly gold has been one of those ones that's lacklusting. And I certainly know that in 2020, it hit a high of $2,000 an ounce. But at the moment, it's sitting around about $1,859 an ounce. So look, it's still got a little ways to go. But a lot of that defensive buying is certainly coming in there. And Australian gold stocks out of the ASX 200, Nine out of the 10 stocks are all gold stocks in that top sector. So that's really showing you that that defensive buying is definitely coming into our market today. So apart from that, what else is driving the market? Yeah, well, it's been really interesting to see that. The banks have been doing very, very well. And we've seen we've seen Westpac up 10% today. Sorry, not today. For the week, it's up 10%. And that's really on the back of most of the banking sector about higher interest rates. They're going to do quite well. They get increased revenue and their NIM, their net interest margin starts to expand. So that's really, really good for the banks. We're certainly seeing the oil stocks moving as well. Obviously, with the Ukraine tensions, oil is certainly looking to uh, go higher. It's currently around $92. Uh, barrel. But look, certainly, uh, I think if Russia do invade, we could see uh, oil over $100 a barrel. So that's certainly uh, affecting the the stocks today. And then really, yeah, the gold stocks have been pretty good as well. So that's what's really driving the market today. We get jobs numbers out later this week. The jobs market will influence when local interest rates will rise, but there's no doubt we're already in a, a rising interest rate environment globally. How is this going to be impacting the way you invest? Look, it certainly does impact the way because we need to be a little bit more cautious about how we're investing clients' money. First of all, that we know that the US is looking to raise interest rates and it's talked about being another seven times. So in the next seven meetings that they're going to have, they're going to raise interest rates. Here in Australia, it certainly looks like they're going to raise it by 50 basis points in August. But really by investing and how you're going to invest in that, you look for interest rate sensitive stocks that will move with higher interest rates. And we've seen computer share uh, doing that. There's certainly, that will benefit from higher interest rates. So you just got to be a little bit choosy of how you pick the stocks in the market going forward. And finally, profit reporting season continues. Which one's caught your attention today? 
Yeah, well, certainly the good one was JB Hi-Fi today. Uh, the stock actually rallied quite considerably, which has been fantastic. The other side of it is that JB Hi-Fi came out and said that they'll do a $250 million buyback which really, I think, shows that there's confidence in the stock and the market certainly getting behind that. Albeit some of the sales numbers were a little bit lighter, I think the market really got behind that buyback. So that's a really that's been a good result, JB Hi-Fi. And probably one that's on the negative side is car sales. Albeit the revenue was a little bit softer in the Australian side of things. Um, they also then said their South Korean uh, division wasn't going to do so well and also that their US division wasn't going to do so well. And they decided to not give us any guidance as well. Now, the market didn't take that too well, and that's something to definitely be watching uh, going forward for car sales. Okay, that's Adam Dawes there from Shaw and Partners. From the share market, let's go to the new and used car market. Uh, Adam did mention there carsales.com, half-year profit up 22.3% to $74.9 million. But I spoke with its CEO earlier today who was telling me about why and how car prices will continue to remain high. Here is its CEO, Cameron McIntyre. Cameron, you've seen a a 22% rise in half-year profit. To what extent has the pandemic been good for business? Yeah, I mean, the the pandemic has been been good from the point of view that um, consumer behaviours changed. So uh, consumer behaviours move from, you know, looking to buy and purchase cars in the traditional way of attending a dealership um, to being more of a digital experience. So, yeah, we're a digital business. Um, as, as business moves online, which I think it's going to continue to do over time, yeah, that's, that's, that's good for us. Um, we've seen demand for cars uh, grow considerably um, with the pandemic as a result of people avoiding public transport You've got state um, borders being shut down so people can't travel as much, <coughs> international borders, et cetera. So, so it's pushed people back into car ownership. But, uh, yeah, as a business, we're not just cars. We're caravans and, and boats and you know, all that other leisure equipment um, has, has all seen a big spike in demand uh, as consumer behaviour changes. So you know, they, they've all been pretty, pretty big changes in the way, the way people have, have behaved. We've seen and heard a lot over the past few years about supply chain issues, COVID cases hitting manufacturing around the world and the shortage of semiconductors and how that hit that has hit the industry, right? So as economies reopen and demand continues to grow, those issues, from your experience and what you're seeing, have they eased at all? Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, we, we have seen a, a little bit of an ease and it, and it depends. It's manufacturer to manufacturer, Model to model, um, yeah, it, it, it's quite asymmetrical. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'd say to you, across the board, we, we've seen uh, some slight improvement. But I think it's going to take some time to keep unwinding because it's not just inside the factory where the challenges are; it's outside the factory too. When it comes to to shipping, um, you know, and 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 taking delivery of product. So, our view um, is it's it's something that's going to continue to to, to evolve, uh, I suspect it's not going to not going to be back to where it was until you know some stage t- towards the back end of this calendar year, maybe even in 2023. But uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why why pricing remains so high. Yeah, can you go into more detail about where prices are going, particularly for both new and used cars? And do you think it is across the board where these prices will remain elevated and whether it's for those affordable brands or cars or for those luxury vehicles? 
Yes, I mean we, we we've seen yeah, used car pricing uh, has has gone up considerably over the over the last two years uh, post post pandemic. Um, you know, in in some cases we we've seen price rises of anywhere between thirty and forty percent, uh, which is which is significant. Um, and yeah, you know, that's as we've talked about, it's because of strong demand and it's also because of supply constraints. Um, in terms of new vehicle prices. Now, new vehicle prices are, are, are even starting to go up in some cases too. So, um, yeah, I don't see any any considerable change to pricing in the short term. Um, yeah, you've got consumers with with significant savings um, that they've pocketed over the course of the last two years, uh, and, and that that combined, you know, with you know, moving back into car ownership and so on, yeah, it's going to take some time for for price to un, unwind. So, yeah. Um, Today is probably as good a time as any for consumers to, to, to purchase a car um, you know, while, while these factors keep playing out over time. Finally, um, a lot of talk about the move to electric vehicles. What kind of interest are you seeing on your websites for that and how do you see the, the progression uh, into EVs across the country? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of interest uh, for, for EV. You know, we, we survey consumers regularly and our, our most recent survey uh, found that 50% of consumers that we surveyed think that they'll be driving an EV inside the next eight years. So um, the, the market for EV is going to continue to evolve. The constraints are, as we've talked about, around supply at the moment for, for EVs. Um, the, the other things, the other concerns that consumers tend to have about the adoption of an EV uh, is price. So how are EVs priced relative to your traditional combustion engine cars um, how do I charge, recharge my car? Are there enough charging stations around my neighbourhood and, and and region where I can simply and easily recharge my car? That's another thing that goes through consumers' minds. And then the third element is around battery life, um, and and how is how is the battery life of my EV going to going to going to endure over time? So, I mean, these these are all questions that people are becoming more and more comfortable with. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll continue to see the adoption of EVs uh, change. But the, the first thing that has to change is, you know, we need to see more um, supply, which will, will happen over time. Cameron McIntyre there, the CEO of carsales.com. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.